Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. What's up, everybody? Hey, I want to give a shout out from the very beginning to those of you who are at a watch party right now. My question for you is who said Sunday watch parties were reserved for the Super Bowl? Right? I mean, why not now? Why not join for a house watch party starting this week? And I really hope, now that I mentioned the Super Bowl, somebody brings buffalo wings to their watch party next week. Tell me about it. Tag me on Instagram. I want to know. For the rest of you that are like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Watch parties, the Super Bowl. I thought I was at church. I've got a PSA for you. Starting right now, we are hosting watch parties all over the city in houses, all over the place. And if you want to learn more about this, you can go to our website right after this service and learn more about hosting one, joining one, being a part. And hey, if you've got a watch party going on right now, post it. We want to see what you're up to. We want to see what kind of snacks you brought. I want to see if my snacks are better than your snacks, because if yours are better than mine, I'm coming to your watch party next week. It's going to be fun, but we're so glad to be gathering together, even if in small little groups, house to house, it's going to be a ton of fun. And I love that I get to be with you guys today. And I got to be honest, I miss high-fiving you guys before worship. That's something I miss in this season. And I've got one more thing that I'm supposed to, that I'm supposed to say, and worship just reminded me of it. We've got our second worship night happening tonight at 5 p.m. at our, our North Campus, not quite where we used to meet. We're going to be meeting at Faith for Life Church in Round Rock. You can find it on our social media. Find the address. It's going to be awesome, but that's happening at 5 p.m. today, so we're so excited to be worshiping together. Two weeks ago, we worshiped together at our South Campus, and it was rich. Such a good time to just be together, worship Jesus together. You get to pray for each other, feel the presence of each other around us. It was a ton of fun, and we're doing it again tonight, so I will see you there. Can't wait. Hey, well, if we haven't met yet, My name is Andrew, and I get the privilege of coming up here every now and then, but my wife, Emily, doesn't, so I thought I'd put a picture of her. This is Emily and our dog, Libby. Shout out to Emily and Libby. Now, if you don't know, Emily is the one who runs our church. So when you look at this picture, she looks like just a sweet, smiling girl. She is, but she also runs our whole church, and I just try to keep up. So if you know Emily, encourage her. She is incredible. And, and I'm honestly just along for the ride, right? It, it's a good life getting to work with your wife. Uh, so shout out to Emily. Another quick shout out, shout out to our college students. Starting back up this week, I'm so glad to have you guys back with us. Whether you're in town already getting ready for classes, whether you're watching this from back home because you're going to be doing classes online, or maybe some of you are on the road right now, look at the steering wheel, look at the road. Don't look at me, but thank you for tuning in with us driving into campus. We are so glad that you're here with us, college students. I miss you, and I cannot oversell how excited I am to finally be back together after the eternal spring break, right? I'm so excited. Hey, well, if you've been with us this last few weeks, you've, you've known that we're in the middle of a series called Pause, looking at the power of prayer in our life, and it has been a great time to all pause together and to remind ourselves that we follow a God who's near, who loves to talk with us, who loves to hear us, who loves to dialogue with us. 
And if you missed last week, uh, I'd encourage you to find it on YouTube because our pastor, J.D., brought an incredible, incredible word. Shout out to J.D. It was so good. He talked about how prayer isn't meant to just be transactional, but it's meant to be transformational, that it changes us, not just gets us to a destination. And it's a message I think all of us need to hear. So jump on YouTube after this. Nobody says you can't double dip because it was that good. Hey, well, can I pray for us before we jump into today's word? Lord, thank you so much that you're with us. Lord, I thank you just for the fall coming. I thank you for school starting. I thank you for students being here, for worship night coming, for for watch parties happening. Lord, I just, I know that you're doing so many good things, and we're so thankful for it. We're thankful that you're with us. Lord, I'm asking that today you'd use my words, Lord, that what comes out of my mouth would be used to build your kingdom here in Austin, be used to draw us closer into you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I want to pick up right where J.D. left off as I, as I wrap up our pause series talking about prayer. And today I want to talk about this line you see right here, when it don't stop. When prayer doesn't stop, when it, when it doesn't just become a sermon series in our life, but it actually becomes a habit and a lifestyle, what would happen when it don't stop? What would happen if that became our reality? And there's a verse in Ephesians 6.18 that I love, and it says this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Speaking of requests, do I have anybody else out there today that uh, isn't afraid of asking for free things? You know who you are. Thank you for the laugh in the live audience. Uh, You know who you are. Somebody that maybe has called you a mooch in the past. Maybe you've been referred to as a freeloader. You know who you are. You can associate with me on this, that you're in the habit of asking for free things because, you know, you never know. You never know when you might get it, right? You, you know who you are. Now, now, I would consider myself in this camp, not afraid to ask for free things. In fact, I do it all the time, and I have dozens of stories of refreezing, receiving free appetizers, free entrees, free desserts, even free meals, like multiple courses. I have gotten so many things just from the power of asking Hey, can I have that? Hey, is that, can I have that for free? Would you mind adding that on? Right? I have been accused so many times of this, and it's not a false accusation. It's true. But it reached a whole new level a couple years ago when my wife and I were celebrating our anniversary. We found ourselves in Bali, Indonesia, celebrating our anniversary. And we were having a great time, enjoying the beach, enjoying the sunsets, hanging out in the pool. I mean, we were just having the time of our lives. And on our last night in Indonesia, we decided, you know what, go big or go home. So we decided we're going for a beachside sunset dinner, right? I mean, picturesque, in a bay, in Indonesia. I mean, can it get better than this? So we had budgeted out for our trip. This was going to be the most expensive dinner of our time there, as it should be, the last day on the beach at sunset. So uh, I don't know about you guys, but when I show up to a place like that, I start looking for the the cheapest way to get the most food. Anybody else with a high metabolism out there where you're just like, okay, if that's a three money sign on Google, I'm going to find like, how how do I get like uh, the most bang for my buck? So uh, I, I go and I start reading the menu and I realize on the menu, if you order the most expensive drink on the menu, then you get, and I quote, a romantic floating lantern experience. Now, I'm, I see that, and I'm intrigued. 
right? I'm like, okay, there's a lot of things that come to mind when I think of a romantic floating lantern experience. Uh, Now, one more piece of context for this story is Emily and I, when we got married, we decided each year at at January, turn of the year, we're going to make a bucket list for the year. Fun things that we want to do that year. And randomly, no context, I decided I'm going to put launch a floating lantern on my bucket list for this year. So I see this on the menu, and I mean, it may as well have been in 3D on that menu. I'm like, I got to get that floating lantern, right? Picturesque on the beach. But as you guys know, I'm cheap. I ask for free stuff all the time. I don't want to buy the $25 drink that comes in a coconut just to get the floating lantern, right? So I'm like, okay, how can I do this? So I I asked the waiter, hey, if I get a $3 mojito, can I still have the floating lantern experience? And I may have thrown in there that it was my anniversary as well. And uh, little did I know, I was about to get the greatest answer I could have ever asked for. So we go on through dinner, and it was a great meal. Honestly, don't remember what I had, but it was great. I remember I really enjoyed it, uh, finished it. It was great. But at the end of dinner, they, the, our waiter comes and gets us and says, oh, come with me, come with me, walks us to a bar. And I'm like, okay, I don't, don't know what I'm doing here. Still wasn't sure if the $3 mojito was going to sneak me into the, uh, the floating lantern experience, but I was hoping for it. So we sit down, and they offer us free gelato. I'm like, tight, I'm there for that. I finished my first gelato, as you should, and they hand me another one. I'm like, yes, two gelatos. I finished my second gelato, and he comes out with cappuccinos. Can we give you some coffee? Now, pause right there. Floating lantern or not, they've won my heart, right? Coffee and ice cream, can you get a better combo? If you ever want to be my friend, just bring me coffee and ice cream. Guarantee we'll be friends after that. So they've already won my heart. And now I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting the anticipation of like, who knows what is about to happen when in Indonesia, who knows? All of a sudden, someone else comes up to us and they whisk us away to the beach. They walk us away from the restaurant. And at the beach, we're met by a small Indonesian man with an iPhone 5. I'm like, hello, sir. Like, good to see you. I don't really know what you're doing there. He hands us a lantern. And he tells us, write, write a message that you want to remember for your anniversary on the, on the lantern. So we write something, I don't remember what I wrote, something like, to two years and many more. I don't remember what it was. Uh, but so this little man starts following us around. And I actually think I have a video here that I want to show. This is the video of Ready? Ready? One, the Indonesian two, man three. filming us launching the ah. floating Wow. And then he just stands there and points it at us. And for about 10 minutes, that was my life. My favorite part about this video is when the man goes, he launches the lantern, he looks at us and goes, wow. And I was like, that's what, kind of what my heart feels right now. <laughs> like, this is awesome, right? So, I mean, we are having the time of our lives. And he walks us back. We, he finished, we finished the lantern. It floats away to where you can't tell what's a star and what's a lantern out over the bay. And uh, they walk us back, and the man offers me more gelato. And I'm like, I'm in heaven right now. I'm, eating, I'm like on my third round of ice cream, second round of cappuccinos. This is awesome. And then I'd look around, and the guy with the camera had disappeared. I'm like, where did this guy go? Like, he just videoed me for like 15 minutes, and now he's gone. Uh, and, and finally, about five minutes later, he emerges with his little iPhone 5 in hand, come to find out he has made a short film of Emily and I launching the lantern over the bay. And I I really wanted to play it right here with you guys today, but we don't have time. But 
that night he literally airdrops me the film and it ends what was one of the funniest nights of my life. Now, if enough of you drop in the comments below that you want to see this video, either I'll post it or maybe we can talk Moses into putting it in the service next week somehow. I don't know. So drop it in the chat. Let us know if, if you know a small Indonesian man with an iPhone 5, ask him to join our AV team. Like we, we love, love, love him. I don't know. It was fun. So anyway, so we finished this wild experience and I just, I just had to think, like, I have been asking for food for, for a decade at this point. I've been asking for, for free things. I had been, like, going to restaurants and be like, oh, maybe I'll get something free. Maybe I'll get a free dessert, right? I had been doing this for decades. And it, it just came naturally to me when I showed up in Indonesia. It, it wasn't like, oh, this is the first time that I'm, like, sweating as I asked the man. I'm like, no, this is second nature to me. Hey, can I, instead of paying 25 bucks, can I pay three and get the floating lantern experience, right? It was second nature for me to just ask and see what happened. But I never imagined that one simple question in line with one simple habit would lead to one of the most hilarious, memorable, not quite as romantic as it maybe was intended to be, moments of my marriage, now, before I go off the rails telling more funny stories about free stuff, which I could do, uh, but I'm going to try to keep it in check and stay within a reasonable time limit here, uh, I'll hone back in here. I think all of us would say we know we're supposed to pray. We're in the middle of this prayer series. We know we're supposed to pray. We all know that we should seek God without ceasing, like the main verse that J.D. talked about last week. We know we're supposed to, to seek Him without ceasing. You know what? And I would say a bunch of us know that we want the benefits of prayer. Miracles, provision, healing, salvation. Who doesn't want those things, right? All of us would say we want to be this way with prayer. We all want to be this way. We want to be people who constantly communicate with God. So my question is then why do we stop? Why do we stop? If we know the benefits, if we know how easy it is to call on him, why do we stop? We know we're supposed to. We know how to. Why do we stop? You know, oftentimes I think that we view prayer as a, as a momentary thing. It's like a Band-Aid. Oh, I got, oh, fix it. Band-Aid, prayer, right? Maybe it's fuel for the breakthrough you need of like, okay, I just got to get through this one season. Pray, 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 right? Maybe for you, it's I've got this question that I can't stop asking. I, I need God to answer it. I, I got to get this answer, and, and you're praying for that answer. We view it as momentary. But how often do we look at it like I looked at my asking for free things as a regular daily habit, as, as a way of just regularly living life, of seeking, asking, and knocking? You see, We've been in this prayer series for the last four weeks, and I've seen so many of you guys participating with us on our Facebook group, on our daily emails. It's been so encouraging, honestly, to me to see that you guys are actually praying. You're living it out. You're walking in faithful prayer. And I think for, for most of us, we'd say that these last four weeks have been some of the most faithful, consistent prayer we've done in years, maybe ever in our life, right? That it's become a regular part of who we are. But why do we stop? Why do we stop? Do we stop getting Facebook reminders to pray? Is that why? Maybe you haven't gotten the breakthrough, so it's just, oh, I'm going to give up. Maybe it's the opposite. You got what you wanted, so you're like, oh, don't need to pray anymore. Right? Why do we stop praying over time? 
You see, I think so many of us wake up one day and realize, wow, it's been a while since I've prayed. It's, it's been a while since I've asked God to meet with my family or, or come in the midst of my circumstances. But what if we didn't stop? What would happen if we found a way for prayer to become a habit in our life, right? What if prayer didn't stop in our lives? And last week, J.D. talked about when it don't come easy, when prayer needs perseverance, right? He talked about how, how prayer isn't just transactional. It's not just seeking an answer, but it's persevering to be transformed through prayer. And I thought it was such a good, timely word for us. But what happens when perseverant prayer goes past just one circumstance? What about when it's just, it's more than just, just the, that one need or the one prayer or the one season or the one sermon series that we're going through? What, about, what if we actually lived out Ephesians 6.18 to pray on all occasions? Not just when we need it. Not just when you want to do it. I want to talk about when it don't stop when prayer doesn't stop in our lives, when it goes on to being a lifestyle. Now, if you're anything like me, which I know I'm weird, but I think some of us are like me in this one, then we can all agree it's hard to be consistent in prayer, right? It's so hard to be consistent in prayer. And I don't think any of us need to be reminded of the power of prayer. So many of us have seen the power of prayer work out in our own life. I don't think it's because we don't remember the needs around us. So many of us can see the needs around us. It's blatant. The needs in front of us are more visible than they've ever been. So that's not the reason. So what do we need to pray to consistently? What do we need for consistency in our prayer life? And what I love about God is he's already shown us. Right in his word, through a story that when we read it, we hardly ever think about prayer as playing a role. It comes from Acts 10. Now, if you've got a Bible, I'd encourage you to grab it because you never know when you're going to want to underline and you can't underline on your TV. And I just got a new Bible this week that smells amazing. So I love that. And that's why I'm holding it so close to my face. <laughs> but we're going to read from the book of Acts. Now, if you, if you don't know the context of the book of Acts, the book of Acts is the story of the believers. It's the stories of, of what Christians did after Jesus ascended into heaven, and, and it talks about what the believers were doing. And as we read this, I believe we're going to find ourselves. We're going to find the answer to that question of what's the secret to not stopping. We're going to find it right in the middle of this verse. Let's go there together in Acts 10, verse 1. It says that Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all of his household, gave alms generously to the people, and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, and he stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon, who is called Peter. He's lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel had spoken to him, had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having, them related, and having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. 
Now, biblically, we know very little about Cornelius. We, we know a couple things. One, he's in a really cool club called the Italian Cohort. I would like to find out how to join that club because it sounds awesome. But the other thing that we know about him is that he's faithful in two places. He's faithful in his prayer and he's faithful in his giving. Multiple times in that scripture, it references his faithfulness there. So God hears his prayers and he responds to him with a prompt to go find Peter in Joppa. Meanwhile, in Joppa, going to, to, to verse 9 here, it says, The next day, as, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. Honestly, I relate to this so much. The sixth hour is about lunchtime. Some of y'all see where I'm going with this, Peter. Can anybody else relate to him there? You start praying and you're like, man, I'm hungry. I really got to go make a sandwich, right? Peter stops his prayer to make a sandwich. But going on in the story, God catches his attention. He falls into a trance and he has a vision. As the story continues, I'm paraphrasing here. Peter has a dramatic vision from God telling him that it's time to bring the message of God to the Gentile people. Now, for a little bit of context, up to this moment, the people who followed Jesus, the people who received the gospel, were primarily among the Israelites, the Jewish people who were the people of God historically. It was kind of reserved for them. In fact, there were even specific rules for the Jews about sharing this story with Gentiles. There was expectations of, well, we don't really go there. But God comes to Peter and says, no, 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 in a vision, it's time. It's, it's time that they know. It's time that they hear the story. And as the story keeps going, something really dramatic happens. Cornelius' messengers get to Peter, and he's been going through this vision, and, and because of his vision, Peter says, you know what? I usually wouldn't go to a Gentile's house, but this time I'll go back with you. I'll go back with you and vi visit this Gentile man. We pick it up in, in verse 29, chapter 10, verse 29, with Peter speaking. It said, so I was sent for, and I came without objection. I asked them, why did you send for me? And Cornelius says, four days ago, about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayers has been heard, and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon who's called Peter. He's lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. So as the story goes, he's like, okay, well, why do you have me here? Right? He's like, okay, I came. Why did you want me? As the story goes, Peter then learns that they don't know really the story of the gospel. And he shares the story of the gospel with them. And as he shares, a miracle happens and every person in the room is filled with the Holy Spirit. Like, guys, can you imagine being a part of this scene? It's wild. It's so wild. To, to this day, this is one of the most impactful moments on Christian faith history, right? Because it started a process where it's not just this little siloed group of people can hear the good news and be filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of God, but it's for everyone. It's, it launched a moment that today alone, I'm not counting history, I'm not counting believers from the past, today alone, this one story has affected two and a quarter billion people on earth who are reaping the benefits of two men's collision. What a story. I mean, if you don't think this Bible is crazy, you need to keep reading. I mean, gosh, guys, it is so entertaining. 
It's amazing how it's affected history. Now, when, when you read Acts 10, when you hear this story, it can be so easy to think, well, yeah, I'd be motivated too if I knew that my prayer was going to lead to that. Like, okay, if I knew there was a people group that would eventually be two billion people that would then be transformed by my prayer, yeah, I think I could pray. But I don't want you to miss this. Don't miss it. Before they saw a miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit, before the gospel was shared, before Cornelius and Peter had met or had really anything in common, they had one thing in common. There was something in common. They had a spot. Both Cornelius and Peter had a spot. Look back at it. Acts 10 verse 9 says that Peter went to his rooftop at the ninth hour to pray. He had a spot. Acts 10.30 says Cornelius was praying at the sixth hour in his house. He had his spot. Now, I genuinely believe that, that neither of them woke up that morning saying, you know what, I bet today's the day that God's going to use my morning prayer time to evangelize the entire Gentile people. You know, I'm willing to be wrong on that, but I just, I can't imagine that that was the waking thought that they had that morning. No, to them, it was a faithful act of obedience. It was a holy habit. It was their spot. They just knew this is my spot with God. Now, I know Peter's time wasn't earth-shattering. How do you know, you ask? Well, because he stopped praying to make a sandwich, right? I mean, he, we're not talking earth-shattering crazy moments here. They just knew their spot. So we come back to the question, why do we stop? Why do we stop praying? Why, why do we not be faithful? Why does it just be a season thing? And most of us would read this story, and our answer to that would, would be, oh, oh, we forgot the power of prayer. And maybe for some of us, that's true. You've forgotten just what God can do through your weak little prayer. But I think that that's not the reality for most of us. I think the truth for most of us is we stop because we don't have a spot. Because I think the reality is that most of us know God can do amazing things. If you stop and think about it, you know God can do amazing things through your prayers. But I think most of us, most of us forget how God could use our faithfulness. We forget that God could do so much more with our faithfulness than we could have ever imagined. Here at Antioch Austin, we, we talk a lot about a verse out of Ephesians, verse, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And it says this, Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, some verses say, than we ask, think, or imagine, According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. This verse comes to life when you read Cornelius' story. He and Peter were, were simply faithful to pray, right? And the result was one of the most pivotal moments in Christian history. But it just came because they were faithful to pray. One thing I love about this verse from Ephesians 3 is it, it, it does talk about our asking, but it, it throws in there, you know what, how about your imagination and your thoughts? How about those? When you read verses like Ephesians 6, 18, and it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, and with this in mind, be alert to always keep praying for the Lord's people, it can be intimidating. But the reality is God is with you in your thoughts. When you have that holy thought, he's like, I can do more. 
when you have that righteous imagination, he's like, I'll do immeasurably more. He's there with you in your thoughts, in your asking, in your imagination, and he can do even greater than those. But again, if you're like me, then you're going to leave church today, whether it's at your house or somebody else's house, whether you're watching online later in the week. And you're going to say, okay, well, well, what's actually going to help me pray always for the Lord's people? That sounds intimidating. My answer, Acts 10's answer, is today you can find your spot. You can find your spot. And I made a cheesy acronym to help you remember it because sometimes that helps. So S, find your space. Find your space. Where are you going to pray? Where, where are you going to pray? Where's the place that's going to help you? My encouragement with this one, just try something. Try praying in your bedroom. Doesn't work? Try praying in your car. Doesn't work? Try praying in your backyard. Doesn't work? Try praying on a walk. Just try it out. Find your space. What's going to be your space that's going to help you remember to pray, that's going to help you remember to engage with God? What's your space? P, people. Who are you going to pray for? I'm just going to say this right now. If you only ever pray for people when you are remembering that you're supposed to pray for them, and you're just like, oh, I'll remember, you're going to forget. You're going to be the guy that I don't want to text and say pray for me because I know that in a week you're not going to pray for me because you forgot, right? But we need to know the people that we're praying for. Something that I learned years ago that has changed my life is a VIP list, a very important person list that's one to three people that I am praying for every day, every week. That, you know what, that's my VIP list. And I carry it around on my phone. I carry it around in my pocket. And when I've got free time, I say, okay, who's number one on my list? All right, I'm gonna pray for them. Lord, bring their salvation. Lord, bring healing, whatever it may be. Number two, Lord, bring provision. They need a job, whatever it may be that when I've got a reminder, it brings me back of, oh, people, I got to pray for my people. O is for occasion. We're supposed to pray on all occasions. What occasion are you praying for? What's, what's going on in your life? What's going on in your friend's life? What's, what's going on in the world right now? What occasion needs your intercession right now? Pray for it. Again, this isn't the, the end-all, be-all, but if you know your space where you're going to go to pray, if you know your people, if you know your occasion, it gives you something to, to make it a habit. It gives you something to make it real in your life. But if you're just a spo person and not a spot person, then you're going to miss out. If you're just a spo person and you don't put the T in here, you've got to be a better person than me to be able to be faithful with just spo. T stands for time. Time. When are you going to pray? If you just assume I'll figure it out, no, you won't. What's the saying? If you, don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you plan to not plan, then you're probably not going to pray, right? What's your time? When's your time window going to be? It doesn't have to be long. Make it five minutes. Make it two minutes. I don't care. What's your time? When are you going to pray? Because guys, if we can find our spot if we can find our space that we're going to pray in, a space that's, that's safe for us, that feels like a place we can engage. I love praying in my car. Maybe that's your place because I can pray as loud as I want and everybody just thinks I'm going crazy because my windows are up. If you know your people, who am I believing for? Who am I consistently going back to saying, God, I need you to move in their life? Know your occasion. Know your time. Because guys, God loves your normal faithful prayers. 
You see, when I went out to dinner in Indonesia, I didn't expect to have one of the most memorable, crazy experiences of my life. I thought it was going to be a great beachside dinner, and it was. But it was so much more, and all I did was I stayed faithful to my ask. When Cornelius woke up and started praying with his cup of coffee in his house, he didn't know what was going to happen five days later. He simply knew his spot, 9 a.m. in my house. When Peter went up to his roof and almost stopped praying because he was hungry for a sandwich, he didn't know who was going to show up to his front door later that day. He didn't know about the revival that was about to start later that week. He just knew his spot. Around noon, I go up to the roof. That's where I pray. Hey, nowadays, he could have streamed Jesus Hour at noon on his roof. Plug for Jesus Hour. So the question I have for us is, isn't, why do you stop? That one's easy. It's actually, what's your spot? Not, why do you stop? What's your spot? Will your spot be your driver's seat as you commute to work? Maybe that's your spot. You say, you know, my space in the car, my people praying for my family, occasion praying for the traffic that's right here so that it goes away. Time right now, as long as it takes to get to work. Maybe, maybe your commute becomes your spot. Maybe it's a comfy chair in your living room early in the morning. You got to get up early to do it. Great. Make that your spot. Moms, maybe your spot is as you rock your little one to sleep at night. Maybe that's your spot. Pray quietly. Or will you be like me and it's anywhere where you can have a cup of coffee? That's, that's my spot. I got coffee. I'm ready to pray. Guys, I, because I truly believe when Jesus said in Matthew 25 that those who are faithful and little will be ruler over much, I, I really think he included prayer in that. Yeah. He, he meant, you know, when you're faithful in your prayer, I'm going to give you much fruit, many results, many, many things of breakthrough. I'm going to give you so much more than you could ask, think, or imagine because of your faithfulness. And history proves it. That once we step into faithfulness, once we find our spot, that we'll look up and see God moving in unprecedented ways. In Bali, it led to an unforgettable memory of me just asking. In Acts 10, it led to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on a group of people who's, who've never had that. In your life, maybe it's the salvation of your dad that you've been believing for. Or your breakthrough at work that leads to an innovation that you've needed to get over the hump to, to make revenue for your company. I don't know what story God wants to wrap you up in. But I know that our faithfulness paired with his power is an unbeatable combo. And that it'll lead to immeasurably more than you can ask, think, or imagine. So let's be people who don't stop. That we live this when it don't stop but instead we find our spot.